So as Carlos introduced, uh, we are in a series on uh, forgiveness, or on, excuse me, on, in Proverbs, Proverbs 101. And last week he spoke a little bit on pride. And of course, as I came uh, up here today, I just said, Carlos, I'm not worried about that. I'm gonna just talk about what I wanna talk about. Uh, and so that's why he had to introduce a little bit of uh, the verse there in Proverbs 24. But this week, as we are introducing this theme of forgiveness uh, with our kids, we're we're looking at the story of the prodigal son. And for many of you in this room, maybe watching online, uh, you're familiar with that story uh, of the prodigal son out of Luke chapter 15. And, and each day this week, we're gonna take an opportunity to, to unpack each of our three characters that are in that story, right? So we have the younger son who is, you know, we don't have an age on him, but we can guess, you know, probably teenager, young adult, something like that. We have the responsible older son who is the one that is always doing the work and, and is loyal to the family. And then we have the father who is the, uh, the master of the home, who's the uh, managing uh, what's going on in, in, uh, in the fields and, and all around and managing uh, life as it is between these two sons. And we can learn a lot about ourselves as we peer into uh, this small short story into each of these sons and find out what God is doing in their lives through what they're wrestling with and uh, the things that they're struggling through. And so I'm excited to, to share that this week. Wednesday in particular, we're gonna be sharing the gospel with our kids. So if you think about that uh, here this week, uh, around 9.30 to 10 o'clock, if you would pray during that time specifically, we would really appreciate that, that God would just speak through uh, our, our teachers here that week uh, as we share the gospel with them. Uh, but we're excited and I am too. So I'm going to dig in to Luke chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles with you here today, you can turn to those. Uh, I am told that if you're here in Souderton, if you'd rather do the version app, the uh, Bible app, you could scan uh, the little QR code on the back of the seat rack, or you can open that up on your own. Uh, and because I can't see and actually read out of my Bible, I'm going to read off of my iPad. So sorry about that. I know I should wear my glasses, but that's weird as well. Uh, I appreciate you laughing at that. That makes me feel really, really good. All right. Uh, this is a parable of Jesus, a story uh, that Jesus told. And uh, I think it's really um, important to hear what he has to say as he describes these three characters in this story. Starting in verse 11, I'm going to read through the end of the chapter. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything there, uh, after he spent everything, there was a famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill a stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy 
to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this, uh, this passage, this scripture here today. I pray that you will just speak uh, the words of truth and love and life here uh, to us as a people, Lord. And we thank you so much in your name. Amen. So we've got these, this drama playing out, this story of Jesus that he tells to get us to understand a little bit about what life really is about, what people are wrestling through, some of the things that are going on, right? And then what truly is the truth of the story. And we were first introduced to this young son who in that moment says right off the bat, man, I, I want to get out of here. I want to dust you know, dust the sandals off and I want to clear out. Life as I know it here at home with my, with my father, with my older brother, my family, doing the farming, working the chores around the house. I'm not really interested in that. I want to go make a name for myself. I want to find something for me. I want to figure out what life is all about. I want to go and get away from here. The brother was suffering a little bit from a lack of contentment, right? He's struggling with seeing the purpose in what he's doing. He sees what his older brother is doing and he's, and he's looking at that and he's like, man, whew, that guy works awfully hard. Ooh, man, I'm not actually interested in that. I just don't wanna do that anymore. What is there out there that's for me? How can I get there? What can I do? What does this life hold for me beyond this estate. And so boldly, he goes to his father and asks for money because of course he doesn't have any money. And his father willingly gives it to him. That's a story for a whole nother time, right? 
but his father willingly gives it to him. He splits the estate and he sends his son off to figure out what life is all about. And off goes this young son. He's parading out there. He goes into a foreign land. He, he, he uses his money to, to fulfill this need that he has. What is this need? Whatever pleases his soul, whatever pleases himself. He's searching for something, whether it's friends, whether it's, it's things, whether it is this purpose in life, whatever he's looking for in life, he thinks that this money, the stuff that he can get, the people he can gather around him, the popularity he can gain will fulfill his soul. It will fill that hole up in him. Farming and the lifestyle at home, not good enough. Not a good enough purpose. I need something more. And as he's seeking those different things, I love how Jesus puts it in here. He squandered his money on wild living. We can all take a guess as to what that is, right? Clothes, fine dining, buying a tricked out camel. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you never know. Nice leather seat with power windows and stuff. Who says that? Anyway, uh, he squandered his money on wild living. I think back when I was in my 20s, that was a long time ago. Anybody else look back on their 20s and go, oh my goodness, that was like a different life ago? Like who I was then? Whew. Not even the same person that's standing before you today. Thinking back in my 20s, I was, you know, coming out of college, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, didn't you think when you were in your 20s, hey, if you're still in your 20s, by the way, <laughs> I applaud you. You guys are amazing, and I am uh, jealous in a non-sinful way. <laughs> all right? Is that possible? Anyway, thinking back to my 20s, right? Coming out of college. I was a school teacher by trade, believe it or not. That's a lifetime ago. Coming out of college, I thought for sure I had the magic potion, right, to walk into any classroom that I could and hold the attention of those children, right? Oh, you are the best, Mr. Walters. I am learning so much from you. Educate me. Help me to learn. You're wonderful. Uh, anybody a teacher? Anybody a teacher? Whew, you know what I'm talking about. You think the world is your oyster. You think you're going to walk into that situation and things are going to be changing and you're going to be dynamic and it's going to be amazing and, and kids are going to not throw things at you or fall asleep on their desks or be talking in the back of the room about what just happened at lunchtime or a fight literally breaking out in the middle of your classroom. You would never experience any of that as a teacher. Of course not, because you're going to be amazing. I think sometimes when we're young, right, there is a little bit of foolishness to us. It's the stuff that we don't really know, right? And we're living through life and we're wrestling through those things. And I want to find my purpose. I want to find my place. And man, I just got a boatload of money and I'm going. Here it goes. This young son travels out there. And before you knew it, 
he was out of money. Funny, right? Once you're out of money, popularity, your friends go away, right? Well, not your real friends, your fake friends, right? They go away. The things you were pursuing, they, you sell them off. You have to, you have to, your camel gets repossessed, right? You lose all of your things. And sure enough, what happened to the young son? He got hired out by a citizen of that country to do what? Feed pigs. Ouch. Talk about a fall from grace. Imagine where he was at. Obviously his father, his father's family, they had money. You even talk about, Jesus says it's an estate, right? I think when you think of the word estate, what do you, yeah, an estate. Fenced in, you know, you got the automatic gates, things are good. You got fields, you got livestock, you got servants, right? Obviously this family had money. I mean, if I ever asked my mom to give me my share of the inheritance, I'd get like five bucks, you know, right? But this estate, right? He went from that to pursuing something that he wanted. He wanted more, right? He wanted more. And when he couldn't get that or when the money ran out, then he had nothing. And our young friend had a choice to make. I could wallow in this pig slop and be starving or I could do the walk of shame and go back home. How many of us have been in that situation where you feel like you're, you're in a position of hopelessness, right? That's where he got to. When you're thinking that what is in the pig's trough looks appetizing, you're pretty hopeless. Pretty hopeless. So he goes home and that whole time, I'm sure he's just processing in his mind what he's gonna say, how he's gonna say it. Man, what's my father, how's my dad gonna react? What's my brother gonna say? Nervousness, just the, the anxiety that comes with that, that sense of hopelessness and that shame and that discouragement and that depression that sets in when we know that we've messed up, when we know that we made bad choices, when we know we get stuck in where we're at, where am I to go, what am I to do? How am I going to get myself out of this? And when we're thinking of to ourselves that it's on us, it's about us and it's on us. Yeah, it's easy to get to that place. And I could just see him cresting the top of the, the ridge and being able to see his father's estate down before him in the valley. There's just beautiful greenery that just pops and you got the fields and you've got the, the animals and, and he starts walking down a little bit, maybe picks up his pace a little bit because he, he knows he's almost, he's almost home. And then he sees this figure start sprinting towards him up the road. Whoa, who is this? What's going on? Where, what, what do we have? Is, is this the police coming to arrest me? Is he throwing me in jail? Am I going to get in trouble? Is this a servant? Who is it? And before he could say anything, it's his father. And his father grabs him as tight, as tightly as any time ever before. This kid is stinking. He smells like pig slop, dirty, filthy. And his father still holds him tightly. Before he said a word, the father forgave him. 
I think sometimes we get stuck on this idea that we can never be forgiven, right? We've done so many terrible things in our life that sometimes it's even hard for us to forgive ourselves. I'm here to tell you today that God offers forgiveness to all. Forgiveness to all. Ephesians 1.7 is a passage that I like. And it says this, in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The riches of God's grace. In his mind, the young son's mind and heart, he's thinking, man, the best I can do is be a hired servant for my dad. I'm unworthy to be his son, but not to the father. You are worthy. You are worthy and can be forgiven. Well, that's not the end of the story because we got the situation with the older brother, right? The older brother who is doing dad's work. He's the loyal one. He's the, he's the, he's the guy that's hanging in there with the father. He's picking up the load for the younger son who, who checked out, right? And probably every time he walked into that field and had to do his brother's work while his brother is away, he's just, he's just grinding on that, right? Just in his heart, he's that bitterness and that, that anger is just welling up in his heart because he's thinking about his brother being away and squandering his dad's money, his finances, and he is affected to the core by his brother's decisions. And when he comes out of the field that day and he hears this big party going on because his father decided to do what? Throw him a party? Are you kidding me? He squandered your money and you're putting, wasting more money on it? Yeah. I love how he says, that son of yours, right? That son, the, the, the older son was so angry, he couldn't even call him my brother. That son of yours. He was so mad. Have we gotten to a place where we've been that frustrated with something? His mind was set on fairness. What's fair, what's not fair? He even explained it to his father. I have been here with you. I'm the one who stayed. This is, this is your place. What you asked me to do, I obey. Have you ever come to me and said, hey, son, here's a young goat. Go throw a party for his You've never done that. How can you possibly do this for this other, your son? Not my brother, your son. Harboring this bitterness inside of his heart, wrestling through what he's trying to do with just kind of what of his emotions are. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? I don't want to go into the party. I don't want to see him. He's caused such grief in our family, such stress for our family, so many problems for our family. Why do I want to see him? Not interested. And dad, you know what? I'm pretty darn mad at you too. How could you do this? Why would you do this? 
As we think about these two sons, and in particular now this older son, and we wrestle through these different things, there's so many things in life that distract us and take us away from the focus of who, who God is and what he's all about. For the younger son, it was a lack of contentment. He wanted more. He wanted to see more. He wanted to do more. He wanted more things, whatever they might be. For the older son, it was this balance of, of, of good and evil. It was this battle between right and wrong. It was this battle between his way versus somebody else's way. He was setting the bar. You know how that goes when you set the bar kind of of the fairness thing, the fairness meter when it's your bar? If you have a good day, your fairness bar will be a lot higher, right? Man, I had a good day. Woo! Like if he would have come off the golf course and just shot the best score of his life, right? And he got invited to that party, he's going, right? Woo, this is great. Yeah, let's party. I just shot the best score of my life on the golf course. But coming out of the field that was a reminder of his younger brother reminded him where he was at, not a good place. We wrestle through those things ourselves, right? Forgiveness. Who should we forgive? Who should we forgive? Who is forgivable, right? As human beings, right? Whether we're believers, not believers, right? We all kind of have a scale that we have in place. Who's forgivable? Who is forgivable? Our verse for this week is out of Colossians verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 13. And Paul writes this, he says, bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Who deserves our forgiveness? Everyone. We're using the NIRV this week, uh, version this week, because it starts, the, most of the verse is the same, but the very beginning of it, instead of saying bear with one another, it says put up with one another. Perfect for kids, right? Hey, put up with your little brother or sister when they get in your junk right? Put up with your little brother or sister when they're yelling and screaming and they're all super annoying, right? Put up when things don't go your way. Put up with and forgive one another. If you have a grievance against somebody, forgive. The older brother forgot how to do that. He was so stricken by anger and frustration that he, he forgot about forgiveness. But the good news is that we have a father who loves us and he shows us exactly what forgiveness is all about, right? And in that story, as, as Jesus continues through that, we see the, the leading role, right? The leading man, the father in this, who's navigating between both of these sons, right? And isn't that the case? Think about that as a parent, you know, if you have more than one child, right? Inevitably, they're different. How are they different? They come from the same people. How are they different? How does that even happen? They should be exactly the same, same blueprint, same design, same characteristics, same thing. So I can treat them exactly the same. I don't even want to get into families that have three, four, five, six kids. I don't even know how you manage that. But here's this father who's navigating between these two sons, a son who's trapped in the world, who's, who's pursuing life outside of, of the family. 
and another son who's harboring all these bitterness, these bitter feelings inside. One's running away physically, one's running away emotionally. And the father plays it right down the middle with both of them. He extends grace to both of them. He explains to both of them exactly what's going on. Son, you were lost, but now you're found. We're celebrating that. Son, everything that I have is yours. He extends grace to both of them. And as we think about that in our own lives, right? In our own lives, no matter who we come across, no matter what we're wrestling through, no matter what we're dealing with, our call, our call in our life is to not only be forgiven and allowed to be forgiven, but also to forgive others. Not to be in this weird place where mm, I'm a little nervous and maybe I should control the narrative and I'm not going to let them forgive me the full way. In fact, I'll tell my dad what he should do with me. I'll just come in as a hired servant and I'll just slink off here. I won't know forgiveness. Or the older son, I'm just going to rage and be angry all the time and, and I'm going to post things wherever on social media or say nasty things or I'm going to do this or do that. If I have good neighbors on one side, man, I love you guys. Grace, grace, grace. Ooh, I don't like you. Ooh, arm's length. God's forgiveness is for all of us. How do I know that? How do I know that? Because <laughs> it's throughout the entire Bible. It's what the gospel is all about. Romans 3.23 says, for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're sitting here today because You've been invited to this place. You grew up in this place. You are, uh, you are, are looking for uh, maybe a, a different church, a different environment. You have come here. God has brought you here. And you have experienced God in some capacity, whether it's through an invitation or it's, it's because your family was, uh, were believers and you grew up in that family and you've experienced that for yourself and you now are a believer. Or you're wrestling through and you're not really sure about this old Jesus thing and you don't know what's happening. And you're sitting here today and you're hopeless and you're feeling discouraged. You're all over the map. But God, God had a plan just like this father did. And the, the God came running after you and me. It's nothing that we can do to fix our issues and nothing that we can do. The younger son couldn't do anything about what he was going to do. The older son couldn't do anything about what he was going to do. It was all based on what the father was doing. And on Wednesday here in KidFest in this auditorium and upstairs in the factory here at Souderton, the gospel is going to be presented and we're going to share John 3.16 with them. For God so loved the world. Who's the world? That's you and me. Who's in the world? Sinners. You and me, sinners. Not just because you're a believer, oh, you're, not, you know, you're still in the pool with everybody else. For God so loved you and me that he gave. What did he give? Whew, amazing grace. So sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and raise again three days later. For what purpose? For what reason? To save us from our sin. To give us hope. To rescue us out of despair. To rescue us out of depression. To rescue us out of anger. To rescue us out of frustration. To rescue us out of a life that is pursuing what's in the world versus what's in God's purview.
Jesus came to rescue us, to save us from that unrighteousness. That whoever believes, that's for anybody and everybody. Whoever believes shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Folks, live your life knowing that the Father loves you and he is running to you every single moment of every day. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your own personal life. I don't know. You may be angry at the person sitting next to you right now or somebody that you drove in through past today coming into church. You may have weird feelings right now going in your heart and your mind. But I can tell you this, God knows all of that and he loves you and he's offering forgiveness to you and for you. I know forgiveness can be tricky, it can be weird, it can be funky, it can be hard. And I'm not here to tell you that it's not. But I know there's a God who loves you, who is for you, and is running towards you. And at the end of the day, he is telling you to come home. Come home. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we are just uh, so grateful for this time that we've had together. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will just help us to navigate these different emotions that, and uh, feelings that we have as we wrestle through our lives. Lord, I pray that you will just come beside us, run to us like the Father in our story. Help us to learn about forgiveness, what forgiveness truly is, and may it start with our relationship with you. Father, we love you, and we're so grateful for you. In your name we pray, amen.